Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wicked Anime is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds and otaku across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other wicked awesome geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Everybody, to the 88th episode of the Wicked Anime Podcast. Uh, I am a hard man with harder opinions, Andrew, and of course with me is the stupid awesome analyst, Jonathan. Hello. And the King Baby Duck, Evan, from the Boston Bastard Brigade. Konnichiwa, my bastards and wenches. Yeah. So, um... Um, it was a bit of a rough start, and there's a, re- <laughs> and there's a, there's a reason for that. Yeah. Um, I woke up at like an hour ago. Yeah, this isn't the fir- <laughs> this is this isn't the first time this has happened to us. I think the last time we were we were at a Cuckoo Kangaroo concert or something like that. But yes, we no, just, it was Five Irons concert. But we came back from no, a Five concert. Irons. We came from back from a concert last night, late last night at that, and now we're recording the very next day. But what concert did we see, everybody? Oh my gosh, we Guys. saw Baby Metal. We saw Baby Metal. We saw Baby Metal. That's right. It's relevant to the show. <laughs> I can't hear. Yeah, no, I, I still can't hear. Or I, I, I mean, I can hear. I mean, I can hear, but my tinnitus is acting up like crazy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that I was an incredible once-in-a-lifetime show. I wouldn't say once. You make it sound like that they're not going to come back here at all. They're totally coming back. Well, I mean, when you think about it, they did seem it's... like they were having fun on stage. They did, oh, and yeah. the audience was absolutely incredible. Like, one of the most amazing mm-hmm. metal... Uh, metal groups i've ever seen like the the audience itself was so active and alive and they all followed along um very well but i mean it it, it, to me when i think of concerts especially people from foreign countries it's there's a reason why you know like we don't get foreign country bands in boston all that often it's because boston although it's where everything started from us or for us you know, uh, New York is the place to play, yeah. especially when you're a big time band, like New York and California. Actually, no. When you're a big time band, yeah. you're actually more likely to stop in Boston. It's when you're a small time band that they're like, eh, I don't think we can swing the extra trip to Boston, guys. Like, I don't think anybody has any interest with us. I like, you know, you have more of a wide variety of people being like, yeah, you know, because like when Grendel, my favorite band, came to the United States once, the only place they could stop was New York. Like, yeah. they couldn't get a venue in Boston, and I was upset. There's mm. no fetish clubs in Boston. Yeah, that's right. Well, they're not a, that they're you not know a, of. Let me, let me clear, that, uh, clear that up, Jonathan. Yeah. Uh, Grendel is not a 
a fetish band or anything like that. It's <laughs> it's the 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 venue they were playing in just happened to be a fetish club. Yeah. And and they had a weird opening act and <laughs> I don't know how Grendel felt about that, but they can get what they can get yeah. when, when they yeah. when they come to the United States as a foreign band. Anyways, Baby Metal. Baby Metal. Yes. Was um, great. Yeah, um there mm. was one thing that I was completely wrong about going into the show. What's that? So I was just like, I I, I think the House of Blues is like the the rock and roll ca- uh, hard rock cafe. I don't think they allow rough stuff and and pits and stuff like that. And I was so wrong. That was like one of the <laughs> well, biggest pits I've ever seen. <laughs> Technically, they're still not supposed to do that, but I don't think there's really anything they can do to stop it. Yeah, well, because it was so... No, you could throw a couple bouncers in there and they'd be like, no, 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 and start grabbing people and throwing them out and then people would get the message. That's what they do at the Hard Rock Cafe. But this was, like, so big. There were so many people involved in this pit. It was pretty much the whole venue was just a pit. It was a really big pit. Yeah. For Um, baby metal. Let's let's make that clear. For baby metal, this was an entire pit for baby metal. Hey, baby metal is a metal band. Like they 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 are, they are. I'm just stating this just in case that there are still doubters out there. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there was a pit and it was uh it was a very, very big pit and people were crowd surfing and I had never seen people crowd surf in an indoor venue i've only usually seen no that's not true um, that's not true I've, I no that's seen, not true i've seen I, plenty of that happen no i know uh i mean they were there's even crowd surfing at five iron but anyway um i've never seen crowd surfing in a venue that didn't allow crowd surfing and like the the bouncers were kind of like okay yeah they were they were kind of taking into it like i think at first they weren't okay with it but then when they were like we can't stop this from happening they just kind of accepted yeah. their job and it's gonna yeah. happen started collecting people at the front of the stage yeah how many people were crowd surfing at the same time during road of resistance yeah there was a good three or four people up in the air all at, once. at the same time so they needed at the like, same time <laughs> like all the bouncers and security were all like the bouncers grab- like, at one point, there was only one bouncer taking... Like, it was his designated job to get the crowd surfers, but they called in, like, two other guys at the at the last song. Yeah, at their yeah. at the encore, which is pretty awesome. Oh, my gosh, this show was great. Like, uh... It was. If It was funny because I was standing in the back of everybody, except for John, the John that was standing next to me. Um, and when they started playing karate, like, if you guys had just, like, turned around, you would have seen, like, the craziest person dancing, and that was me. Um, <laughs> like, I was just, like, when, when they were singing karate, I was going insane. Like, I was out of my mind. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> was. I mean, that was... I know. That was the hypest song, which I was surprised because I figured that there would be better... But I mean, like, not better songs, because karate is, is most certainly one of their best singles thus far. Kar- Karate's my favorite song. Yeah. Karate's my favorite baby metal song. It is. Yeah. I don't think uh, I can really pick one at this time. I mean, I think my favorite... All right. I think right now my favorite is Yava. Oh, really? really? Yeah. Yeah. Mine, mine was uh, Catch Me If You Can, which was an awesome part of the show because... Oh, yeah. All of the uh, all the band members came up to the front of the stage and started doing really awesome solos. Yeah, their own independent yeah. solos. And like that bass player is just <laughs> out of this world, crazy on the bass. He had a seven string bass. It was seven string, really. Yeah, it was seven strings. Yeah, um, it, w- it it had a huge neck, uh, and he was he was playing the entire range um, of the of the bass. It was it was really funny too because at the end of the show. You know, they all threw picks and drumsticks and everything like that, and the and the bass player threw his water bottle because yeah. he didn't have anything to throw out, so <laughs> he threw his water yeah. bottle. And um, I was I, I was kind of surprised that actually that there was um, 
that, that they were actually Japanese, the yeah, back see, members? Because usually when they do things see, that come Yeah, well, because Baby Metal is one of those bands that everything is done digitally until they play live. Yeah. Which a lot of bands do that nowadays. Um, yeah. They have they have a live band, and then they have, like, themselves. This is actually going to be one of the follow-up stories that I have for yeah. our first piece of news when we get there. When, but, when you have a live band set like that, usually you have a rotating set. You know, there's people just switching in and out who can play the music. Um, they're in costume, but now it seems like Baby Metal in this album actually has a solid live band. They do. Like, well, they're, well they're... it's always been well. The Kami band's always been the same since the first album. When they got rid of the um, the other like backing band, they were like the mime band where they all dressed up like skeletons. Yeah. When they got rid of those, that's when the Kami band came in, and the Kami band has always stayed the same since their inception. Okay. Really? Well, that's right. cool. Well, uh, one of the things that I heard was that, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the band uh, Bloodstained Child. They're another metal band. Uh, They are from Japan, but they don't identify themselves as a Japanese metal band. And I guess one of the guitar players from Bloodstained Child was in the comic band, and I don't know if he still is. Just a little tidbit of information that I learned from one of my friends last night. Yeah. But they were all really impressive. There were actually points in the show where I was watching the, the band in the background playing... As opposed to Yuisu and Moa, uh, I was actually watching the the pit. Yeah, like, I was just like, was that's it. I was like, yeah. that's interesting. Oh no, okay. I, I want to go to there. So actually, <laughs> the part that I was probably glancing over at the most was the person at the soundboard next to us. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Hitomi Chan, <laughs> who was who was the soundboard coordinator, uh, coordinator who was going crazy on that thing because the 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 metal growls that were going on the whole time. And everything like that. Basically she all the was, digital sound effects. She was playing them all. Like all the keyboard parts. She was playing them at that soundboard right next to me. And I was fascinated. Yeah. It was fascinating watching her do her job. I was actually wondering yeah. what she was doing. Because yeah. I, I saw her like... Uh, pre- I thought she was like... um, I thought she was filtering buzz. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when like you have buzzing in the thing. like Because I, I saw her like uh, melodically pressing buttons. Yeah. And I thought that's what she was doing. She was like filtering out the high-pitched buzzing. Yeah. But that's not what she was doing. She was the she actual was... sound coordinator. Yeah, like, so she was almost a key instrumentalist she, she in was, Yeah, she was yeah. like an unknown band member who didn't get to take a bow. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. So he told me, take a bow for us right now. Yes. Yeah. We, yeah, we want you to know here on Wicked Anime that we saw you and we appreciate you. Very and much Your so. effort in... In baby metal. It was awesome. Yeah, it was a great show. Um, hopefully not once in a lifetime, but... It, that's it won't be once in a lifetime. I do see them coming back here in a much bigger venue. I would say maybe once in a lifetime in a venue that, I won't say small, but intimate. Yeah, House of Blues wasn't really that small. It was it was a really, really good venue. It was that. a decent venue. Like, I, I, I loved it. The largest venue we've ever been in was probably the Hard Rock in, in Orlando. That was that was pretty big. And it was like the same setup. Yeah, it was it was it was a same setup, but it was, it was just longer. Like it was a longer setup. Yeah. Oh man, walking in to there and just seeing the stage and there was a gigantic banner that just said yeah. baby metal, like with a baby metal logo and stuff. Outlook. I was it just was like, this is good. Three stories tall. Yeah. yeah, I was just, I was sitting there, I was just like, this is going to be cool. Like, yeah. This is going to be the best. <laughs> yeah. Like, that initial response, holy crap. Yeah, and they played pretty much every song that I wanted to hear. Um, they had a they had a good set. They played for, like, what, an hour and 15 minutes? Uh, um, hour, 82 hour minutes, that's what I read online. It was an 82-minute set. Yeah, okay. Um, and they, they played pretty much every song that I wanted to hear. The only one that they didn't play was Dust Till Dawn, which was on their new album, which is a fascinating track. But, like, I, Evan, I think you said they can't. <laughs> 
Yeah, what, well, because what, what they're what they're trying to do right now is they're trying to figure out a good routine to put towards that song, and they really want to do it live. And in fact, I think it was Moy Metal that said that this is like her favorite song that she's recorded for this album. But the problem is they're still trying to figure out how can we present this live in in the setup that it deserves to be in. It's yeah. it's true. Uh, well, especially because it's mostly a digital track. Um, there's a lot of digital stuff in that track and there's, I mean, they can do it like instrumentally, mm. um, but kind of the way that they did, uh, what was that other slow song that they sang? I know it's on the new album. I forget what it is though. Amore. They were just standing there in like, what was it? What, Amore? It was, is it the one that's, that, that Sumetal just sings on her own? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, the one where they were all just standing there in the robes. In oh, the, the one. That was the one. The one. Yeah. That was the um, one. Like where, like kind of, they didn't really have a routine for that. They just kind of stood there and, and in, sang. Yeah, yeah, and sang in the cloaks. Yeah. Which, uh, Evan, what you brought up was a really good point too. There was a section in the show where they all had their kind of moment where uh, Sue had a solo mm-hmm. song, yeah. and then uh, Moe, Moe and, and Yui came out and did one track by. Yeah. Like just the two of them, yeah. which I I love that track. Yeah, I do too. Was it? A, it was cis anger that they did, right? Yeah. Can I just not, say because I, because you know you, you go to a show like this and you got to take it from my perspective as someone who's been doing No Borders or Race for ten years since you know ever since I started doing it in college radio and to finally go to see a band from Japan in a venue like that where everyone all these Americans are actually singing along in Japanese. Yep. Like, you have no idea how happy this has made me because this is what I've been trying to make happen since starting No Borders No Race 10 years ago. Yeah. This and it's is, um, finally happened. Yeah, this... It was it was really amazing. There was a lot of support. Like, there were a lot of people at Baby Metal and they had a lot of support from us as, like, an American audience and we were super into it. Like, not just, like... Not just like going along, but we were like crowd surfing and and pitting and you know like smashing each other in the face and <laughs> like throwing up our signs and cheering for them and singing along. It was it was great. Yeah, and not everybody was an anime nerd, you know. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think true. the majority of people there were were like pure metalheads. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, and the thing is too is um is. I don't know baby metal because of the anime industry. Like I, that's not why I know who baby metal is. Like I saw baby metal right from like when they released Doki Doki morning as a video and that's all they had for baby metal. That's when I first saw them. Yeah. And, uh, and where, uh, I posted it around and my buddy dubbed it Kawaii core, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I, I still think is like, Oh, like a perfect, it's metal, a really like a metal genre for yeah. them. You had brought it up to me many years, a couple years ago. I think it was back in 2013. You were talking to me about it. And the first thing that I saw of them that really impressed me was their video for Ijame Dame Zetai, which is their anti-bullying anthem. And it wasn't right. just a song itself, but it was just a video too, because it had that sort of Nordic metal like vibe to it, especially with the warrior in it. I don't think I've actually seen that video. <laughs> Really? It's really good. Send it over to us. We'll post it in the description. I think, uh, before we move on, um, I think one of the things that still kind of fascinates me is their most famous song is Give Me Chocolate. Like, that's like that's what they ended the show with before they did their encore with Metal Resistance. Which was awesome. Um, which was awesome. Uh, no, no, and, they ended uh, it with... Uh, no, no, they ended it with the one, and then they 
went off, and then they came back with Road to Resist, Road of Resistance. Right. They did give me chocolate, but that's when everybody freaked out the most. Um, and that's the one that when they're like, wear baby metal. You know, that's like when they play on live TV shows and stuff like that's the one they present is Give Me Chocolate, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because that's not my it's a good song, but it's not my favorite song by them. Like, I don't think it's their best song, um, even though it is an incredibly good song. And I just think it's it is amazing like that. That's what people have taken to is the Give Me Chocolate song. I think that they they would get more hype playing karate. I I actually have their set list right here, by the way. Yeah. Good 14 songs. That's yeah. 14 songs. That's a good that's a good concert, in my opinion. Yeah, they, they Oh, they did G, 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 GJ. They didn't do um Sis Anger. It was GJ. I get yeah. those two mixed up sometimes. Well, cuz there's two songs on the album that are straight up just you uh you and Moa. Right, which is GJ and Sis Anger. And then uh, and then on that album Sue has the two that's just her, which is Amore and No Rain No Rainbow. Which I think it's funny that they have a, have a song called No Rain No Rainbow because that's a Naruto opening. Like so is that like a Japanese thing? No Rain, No Rainbow? I think it was more... Honestly, I think it's more of an homage to Dio for his song Rainbow in the Dark. Well, it's kind of like a Dio. proverb. <laughs> Dio! No, it's... Uh, that, it, that just kind of sounds like a proverb to me. No Rain, No Rainbow. It means that um, the night is darkest always before the dawn. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you know? it was just what I was saying. Is this is a Japanese proverb. Yeah. Because, because multiple Japanese bands have a song called No Rain, No Rainbow. Yeah. Anyways, so Baby Metal is a good concert if, if you guys you ever get ch- the chance. Yeah, definitely. Like, why would you not go see Baby Metal? Yeah, like, is my question. Do it. And if All you're right. one of those elitists out there that's that still stuck, going, dude, they're not real metal. Shut up. No, no, I'm a, I am a metalhead. I listen to a lot of metal. Baby Same Metal here. is a real metal band. Me- Baby Metal is a real metal band. So, like, to this those is, that this are is coming. Yeah, this is coming from somebody who listens to a lot of metal music. Baby Metal is a metal band. So they are. Get, hey, get over yourselves. Oh. I'm going to ring the news bell. News. Okay. Yay, news. Uh, I got a perfect follow-up story starting off us on media news because uh, I'm going to talk about Miku Hatsune and how she's starting to tour major American cities. Oh, my gosh. I would love to go see a Miku concert. Yeah. I I mean, and I would love to go see a Miku concert. You know, I would, too. I I think it's one of those, because initially I was like, I don't know. But then again, I thought back to, like, Ten years ago, when they were talking about bringing gorillas on tour with with holograms, and I really wanted to see that, so yeah, it's like it's the same thing. Yeah, and I literally know zero Miku Hatsune music, but I would still go see it. But here's the reason why I wanted to bring it up is because we were talking about earlier that um, Japanese bands, whenever they travel and most of their music is digital, that they just hire a band to play their music during the time. Well, guess who's playing, who's the touring band for, in America for Miku Hatsune? I remember you told me, but I forget, and I, I remember being really excited about it. Evan, do you know? No, I don't. It's Anamanaguchi. That's right. Really? Yeah. yeah. They wow. Are, they are the band for Miku Hatsune yep. while she's touring <laughs> in America. How cool is that? It's... That's beyond cool. That yeah. is, like, super amazing. I mean, how do you know when you've made it? Is when you get to be the band for one of the biggest stars who's not even real yeah, in, Japan. <laughs> in Japan, and you get to play her music. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was a great transition from, you know, baby metal into media news where we talk about Miku Atsune, who's starting a tour. But it, it all started after... Uh, what it was Miku Hatsune Expo? I think it was in California, something like know. that. It was like, it, it it was something, but it was like her first concert here in America. 
So that's your duty, Evan. Your your duty right now, Evan, is to keep an eye out for Miku Hatsune tickets and Ramstein tickets. <laughs> yes, I know. And I'll be, I'll let you know. I'm the I'm the usually the I wouldn't say I'm the first person to know, but I'm the first person in our group of friends that knows. That's for yeah. sure. That's what we kind of count on you for. Is just be like, I, if there's a band playing, I know Evan will inform me. I would imagine that the band itself is the first person to know. Well, yeah, but yeah. You know. <laughs> I, it was a joke. The hologram <laughs> is the first to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Miku jokes. Um, okay. So next up in media news, we have uh, a new DreamWorks Voltron has been announced. Like, this is a longtime project that yeah. we've all been hearing about, and it's finally happening. It's going to be on Netflix, and, like, it's being done by DreamWorks, who's a great animation studio. I'm, I'm continuously shocked at how much I like DreamWorks animation stuff. Like, Kung Fu Panda is continuously one of the best series that they've been putting out. Yeah. And it surprises me every time. Now they're doing Voltron, which is a great, awesome, old-fashioned property. This is also turning into a comic book series by Lion Forge Comics. Which is a great name. Uh, Especially because it's Go Leon. Yeah, for Voltron. (laughs) They are doing it in a way that there's so many different adventures that you could do with Voltron that they can just take different authors and just take them and they can write their own stories. You know, they're, they're going to be able to write all their own stories, all their own adventures, and if you like certain ones, you can read certain ones. And it's Voltron, you know. It's, it's just cool. more, it's more Voltron. For a time, there was a Voltron comic coming out, like back when we lived in Florida and I was working at the comic book store, there was a Voltron comic coming out and I was reading it. Uh, it was pretty good. It was not great at the time, but it was okay. It was great. Like, I, I kept picking it up for a while. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Alex Ross did the covers for it, which, you know, he did, uh, like, DC's Kingdom Come. Oh, all so those very like, like super painterly, painterly, yeah, all those painterly ones. He was doing all the covers for Voltron, and that alone is enough to buy a three dollar book for me. Yeah, right. Oh wow. Well, it's kind of like it's cheaper than buying a print from an artist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so that's cool. Golion or uh, Voltron coming to Netflix. DreamWorks is doing it. I would highly recommend it. I would definitely check it out when it finally happens. But they've been talking about this project for years. It's finally coming out. I'm looking forward to it. Lastly, for media news, I got a weird email the other day from my anime list because I had never gotten an email from them in forever, ever since creating my account. And they had a super awesome announcement saying that, hey, now they're, they're, they can legally stream anime. Which is crazy. They've never streamed anime before, ever. So I was like, this is awesome. I'll go check it out. And uh, when, when I first got the email and I checked it out, all they had were PVs. They only had promotional videos where you could watch the trailers to it. Now, I checked today right before we started recording because I was like, oh, yeah, whatever happened with that? I should probably follow up on that news source. It's all Crunchyroll stuff. Oh, yeah. That's it. Like, there's – right now, there's no advantage. Like, hopefully in the future, my anime list will have an advantage over having Crunchyroll. Like, where they just kind of have everything? Like, they have – Yeah. Like, because there's a lot of animes that come out on Daisuke.net that we do not get. There is, um, there was a special on there, which was the 10th anniversary Seiyu Awards that they had in their special section, uh, and that was from Daisuke.net, so they did actually have something, one thing streaming from Daisuke.net, which is great. For those of you who don't know, Daisuke.net is a different region, so it's like Crunchyroll, but for a different region of the world, and we're region locked out of Daisuke.net. So we can't watch anything on there, and they're the ones that got One Punch Man. Yeah. It was tough to watch sometimes. Yep. But uh, so anime, my, my anime list, they are streaming now. They're entering the game. 
Good for them. Ho- good for them. Hopefully, it'll work out for them in a way that they'll be able to, you know, finally get some good stuff, like or some stuff that makes them gives them an advantage over other people. Like maybe they'll be able to take some Hulu and Funimation properties, so that people will be able to access them a little bit easier. I don't know. That'd be kind of my thing. So let's move on to some gaming news. I have two pieces. Uh, one I'll start out with. I've been playing Overwatch. I told, no, I said on the last episode that I wanted to play it. Well, now I've gotten a chance to play it. And oh my gosh, it's amazing. Uh, if you're listening to this, this is before the Wicked Anna play. Uh, I'll be playing it this afternoon from this recording. If you're listening to this episode, you might be able to catch it on Twitch uh, before the recording goes away because I don't have a premium account and only stay there for 14 days. And then the highlights video will come out. Hopefully. Mm. Yeah. Well, I have a highlights video coming out today on this recording. So if Yay. you go to YouTube, if you go to YouTube, you'll be able to see us play uh, Senran Kagura. I was hoping we were going to talk about Senran Kagura again. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, you'll be able to, <laughs> I'll put the link in the description. You can watch the highlights video of me and Evan playing it. And uh, next up in gaming news, I also wanted to highlight one game that I saw that was just completely bonkers. New game coming out completely serious. It's a card battle system based in a girl's dorm, and you play as the girls, throw down cards, whoever wins the card battle uh, gets the other girl's panties. Oh, okay. (laughs) Wait, what, 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 what? Gokujo Uban Pansu Kore Kuchon. All the cards in the game, like, it's like a, it's, it's like... A magic system. Okay. Wait, is this a card game or a video game that is a card game? Video game as a card game. So, so you know how it, Japanese people like their card games yeah. for some reason. <laughs> so they have a card system, card battle system, like magic, and girls fight each other for their panties. And every time you get you beat uh, somebody, you get better card packs, which are all the cards have panty shots on them. They're all different levels worth of panty shots. Oh, boy. There's nothing inherently pornographic about it. Like, there's not even softcore or anything like that. Just etchy at times. You know, a lot of panty shots. But it's a real game. It's a real thing that's happening. The reason why I wanted to mention it was because when it was announced, it was April 1st. But it just tur- it turns out that there was a legit full release for it. <laughs> so on April 1st, it was like, ah, ha, ha, look at this card game that, that's going to be coming out. Well, guess what? Ah, ha, ha, look at this card game that's coming out. Is it in English yet? That I don't know. But you can look it up. Gokujo Ubao Pansu Kore Kushon. I actually got some, uh, some interesting I don't know how news. to spell that. I'll put it in the description. <laughs> I actually got some interesting gaming news that I found... Uh, just by searching some Amazon pre-orders, that uh, Corpse Party is coming over. Yeah, like, they actually, the 3DS. Actually hit, yeah, for 3DS. Um, so I have a 3DS, and I was like, oh, this interests <laughs> me. Uh, like, I, uh, Corpse Party is one of the animes we show on the Hardcore Anime panel. And uh, it's it, the hardest one to show because it's not funny. It's not funny at all. <laughs> so, funny you know, we have to, uh, it's it's uh, like the most effed up one that you guys show, I, in, on my honest opinion. It really is. Yeah, it, well, I mean, you know... It was like, hey, did you want to come to this fun show to watch elementary school students get stabbed? Yeah. Well, welcome to the show then. That's how I described it. I said it was like an effed up version of the Munsters. <laughs> Corpse Party <laughs> is a highly disturbing anime. It's I've seen worse, but there were a couple of things in Corpse Party that was like, ooh, that rocked me. Rock my and socks. There's, there's, an o, there's a four episode OVA that's out for it, uh, which is completely different than the manga. So there's a Corpse Party manga and a Corpse Party OVA. And they're two complete. They're not completely different, but they're a little bit different from one another. Um, and so this this game that's coming out for the 3DS is based off the OVA. It's not based off the manga. Interesting. 
Mm. Um, and it's done out in 2D retro style. Like, so yep. classic JRPG. Um, I st- there's still, like, blood and gore in it, I think, but it's not high res, so it's, like, all left to the imagination of, like, oh my gosh, like, what's going on in this? What happened to that person? You know, what's so, spilling out all over the floor? Like, so, I, and I really want to get it for that reason. And not only that, but there's a special edition of it coming out. And I think it's only $50, so it's $10 more than a new release of a 3DS game that comes with uh, two little uh, uh, figurines of the characters that have interchangeable poses. Really? So you can like really? take their arms you can take their arms and legs off and put them onto each other and they and you can switch their poses or you can make it realistic just like Corf Party and take their arms and legs off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, $50, dude. What is it with like all these nice special editions coming out that are so cheap yet worth every single penny? Yeah, right? Right? <laughs> right? Senron Kagura. Everybody yes. buy Senron Kagura and play with us online. We will have a huge Senron Kagura party. Senron Saturday! Senron Saturdays! <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's actually not a bad idea. Yeah. I would be game for that. Yeah. Ah, game. Good pun. I'm working. Well, every other Saturday. I would love to play Senron Kagura with our fans. Yeah. I would love to. All right, so every to. other Saturday when the boys are not working, Senron Saturdays. That's not official because Evan said it. Be there. Yeah. <laughs> Evan does not dictate our show. <laughs> we or will does di- he? We will disappoint you. It's time for some strange news. Finally. Okay, so the internet exploded uh, about this first story that I think everybody knows about. Is it Ellen Baker? N- no. Um, <laughs> Let's do more Ellen Baker again. Um, it's actually the opposite gender. Uh, ben Ramsey, who you... Does anybody know that name? No, probably not. A little bit. It's, uh, it, it sounds vaguely familiar. It rings a bell. You'll, you'll know it after I mention what he's done. He was a screenwriter for Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I know what you're talk about. Now yeah. I know what you're going. So in an interview for the upcoming book, DBZ USA, uh, they had an interview with him, and they asked him about his experience on it, as to which turned out to be a full-on apology. Yep. He, went, he, he has now publicly gone out and apologized to fans for what he did to DBZ. Well, because he passed the buck a lot. Like, he was just like, no, like, you got there was so many factors involved as to why it was so bad. This happened, that happened. Now he's finally, like... Now he's come out and yeah. said, guys, I am sorry. It is my fault. I was a screenwriter. It was my job. This is what happens when you take a paycheck over passion. He's like, I'm a fan of things. And I can like I'm I'm a fan I'm a fanboy of things, and I can understand how you feel and what I did to you. Interesting. So what do you say? Do you fully forgive him? <laughs> well, I I never uh, expo- uh, exposed myself to Dragon Ball Evolution. Neither have I. I've actually never seen the whole thing. I yeah. can't I I can't even like attempt to watch it. Yeah, I I really wasn't going to attempt to watch it either, but um. It, it it it's bad like i i've seen i've seen bits and pieces of it and it's not any kind of enjoyable experience it kind of reminds me of the super super mario brothers movie and and it's it's on that level of of how much it doesn't make sense you know and but how at, at the very least there are some enjoyable moments in the super mario brothers movie i even remember watching it it like, was like uh, a few years ago, and it's it's just goofy, can't be fun, in my opinion. Like when Bob Hoskins broke his arm, and yeah. how he was drunk half of the production. <laughs> and he didn't even know Super Mario Brothers was a video game until, until his son, son told him. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Bob Hoskins, rest in peace. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure he's fine. I, <laughs> I miss him. 
So I <laughs> you looked were up, in Roger Rabbit. I I looked uh, I looked up Ben Ramsey on IMDb, which is the most credible news source for any movie media ever, as we all know this. <laughs> it was the only screenplay he ever did, Dragon Ball Evolution. Uh, he wrote two movies before that, Love and a Bullet and The Big Hit in 1998. And that's the only thing he's done. It, Dragon Ball Evolution was the last thing he did. Or the last thing that was released anyways, as we learned from Travis Beecham when we talked about screenplays Pacific Rim, he says that you can just write stuff and get paid even regardless of whether or not it gets made. So Ben yep. Ramsey could quite possibly be getting made, it's just that none of his scripts have been taken yet. So in 2018, there's something that he's written called Blunt Force, and then after that, there's Luke Cage. Ooh, Luke Cage, question marks. Yeah, with a bunch of question marks. Doesn't know what's coming up, but Luke Cage is a Marvel property. But there's also talk of Marvel property being Netflix. Uh, or, yeah, being a Netflix thing. Yeah, I think Luke Cage is going to be a Netflix thing. No, it is a, le- it is a Netflix thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so movie later on, question mark. Is it going to be another script that's going to be thrown out from Ben Ramsey? Who knows? I have a bit of strange news, uh, and this actually comes from Gerardo. Okay. So Gerardo sent me a trailer from YouTube of a Chinese production of The Legend of Zelda. That is weird. Have you guys seen this? I've, oh, I, no, no. I you're have. talking about the Hong Kong one. It, it, it's it's Legend of Zelda remade as a Hong Kong crime drama. Yes, exactly. It um, looks awesome. It does look awesome. It, it looks... it's But it's really weird. And uh, I Gerardo sent it over to me and shot me a message. It was just like, you gotta... Like, what? Check this out. And then... Uh, so I watched it and I was like, wow, I trust this. <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, so it's a Hong Kong crime drama, like all those Quentin Tarantino flicks. Or like and Infernal Affairs, which was then remade to The Departed. It's le- But with Legend of Zelda characters. And we're going to put a link in the description for you. <laughs> so, that, so that you can watch it. Because it's, it's, it's bizarre and funny. And it looks really good. And I think it's like kind of a... I, it's a YouTube channel that's known, I think. Um, or at least maybe this is their first project that they're branching out from, but it looks like they have a budget. It's pretty amazing. Speaking of China, anyways, my next strange news story is just a little tidbit story about a college professor who is sick of students, uh, texting in his classroom. Okay. And so the punishment that this college professor in China put to his students is they needed to write out 1000 emojis. I've heard of this before. Yeah. And I saw... I saw what it represented. Like, he gave you, like, the parentheses, and you had to fill in, like, all the little characters that you use. And Is that right? Yeah, and uh, and it looked really tedious. Yeah, and, like, really... absolutely tedious. A thousand of anything is tedious. Yeah, it looked really <laughs> kind of obnoxious and crazy and awful. Good punishment, though. Yeah. I, that, that'll, that'll teach him. Last uh, up in strange news, we have... Okay, we have the story that we talked about a little while ago about the hug pillows that have sensors in them. Oh, yes. Now, Well, this is like the third time the story has developed. Now we have a story about a company called Vopi, who... Okay. uh, Which is the combination of the word voice and opi, if you didn't didn't catch that. They talk, don't they? The company has just released, like, a, a couple weeks ago... A five-pound Opie mouse pad, which was, like, realistic physics for Dead or Alive. Oh, yeah. So they had those Dead or Alive ones uh, that they did. Five pounds, realistic silicone. You can see the video online. If I find it, I'll post a link in the description of them throwing a volleyball at it. <laughs> and you can see that one. However, 
that is not what they are, what we're talking about today. That is the last thing they did. Well, now they have a new project. Exactly one week after they released that one, they have a new project that they're releasing. It is not for sale right now, but it was released at the Tokyo, what was it called? Tokyo Big Sale, which is an expo of all these products that, that are being brought out. It is a mouse pad that has reaction sensors in the same way as the hug pillows that we've seen. That sounds annoying. So they're trying to use your computer and, and your mouse pad is reacting to your touches. Yeah. <laughs> it reacts and it has two characters now. Okay. And they both react according to how soft or how hard you touch the mouse pad. Okay. Hmm. Right now there's like, there, there's a girl, uh, the video that they released features a character, Shizuku, who's like a long, black, almost like uh, Satsuki from, from Kill a Kill kind of style but i think she's a little bit more softer and kinder but she's got wearing like this oktoberfest style uh lolita and um you know oktoberfest accentuates certain parts of a female anatomy that guys enjoy often i would mm-hmm. say and then there's also a second character who is named mari who's a dark-skinned girl who dons the scantily clad uniform of a quote-unquote pooters employee Really? Pooters? Yeah. Wait a second. Poot. Wait a pooters. second. That's a Dojin character. Really? Yes. Like there's a, there's a there's a series of Dojins. I mean, like a series that's been coming out about that with a dark skin girl. Oh, actually, like a whole cast of them. But it's a dark skin girl in a Pooters outfit, and like there's a whole bunch of Pooters characters. And yeah, this is that's a Dojin series. Well, you now you can get a a mouse pad and she'll react. Really? Yep crazy like i think they're up to uh three or four volumes yeah. of of her or not her but like her that cast of characters like that pooters a link will not be in the description for that not not yeah not to the not the mouse pad i will though i'll totally i'll totally well i want to see the mouse pad because i want to see if it's the, it's if it's actually the same character oh uh, you know i could probably find it right now uh do it her uh i need more information than just that i need like the, a body shot of it her I think that's her. It looks like her. I think that's a Dojin character. Anyways, the link will be in the description to the uh, news story, which has probably some of the lesser explicit content that we're seeing from this account. Oh, oh my a- gosh, there's a video. Yeah, that's what I said. There's a video. I like dark skin anime girls. Anyways. <laughs> Everybody knows this by now, I think. Um, <laughs> on, on that same subject, this is really strange. Okay. There's a contraption being built. Um, you said contraption, and I'm already very nervous. It's a body harness for virtual reality. So there's a VR suit harness made out of like mechanical stuff that you wear the VR on your face, and there's a plate that comes off your chest that holds an Opie mouse pad, or no, not an Opie mouse pad, but like um. Like an actual set of like plastic breasts. I'm as nervous as I was before when you're still <laughs> going with this. And then there, and it, okay, so because that's not mechanical, that's just there. Um, well, it it probably actually does. Rep- uh, respond it doesn't. It doesn't have any function. It's just no. There. It does. I think it. <laughs> I think it does have function. Um, maybe not. I don't know. Um, but there is a further contraption that um that holds um an ona hole. Nah, and um, and as you play virtual reality hentai games, it responds like to the game being played. 
That is disgusting. So and and it there was a video of this of a guy like in a in a uh, zentai suit, um, wearing the harness and like he was mobile, like he was walking around and like and so so like that you can switch positions, so you can like lay down on your back and like on your side and and everything and and the uh, and the game that you're playing will respond to this. Uh, mechanical contraption own a whole everything about this is a terrible idea <laughs> it's it's just further making it so that japan does not reproduce japan is going to be an extinct nation if they keep the if they keep this up <laughs> but that's a thing i that is i i there is a video okay my story i thought was as strange as gets but your story right there is as strange as it gets. is a, yeah no mine is i str- cannot guarantee that there will be a video in, in the description and that's as strange as it gets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's time check out Japan's fetish of the week. Oh, we have a fetish of the week. We have yeah, a fetish. fetish. So, uh, Victoria was going to join us for this episode, and I was kind of disappointed that she didn't because I thought she would find this one really funny, especially because we talked about the bodybuilder one a while ago. With the, that the bodybuilders would take you on a date on Valentine's Day if you were single. Yes. Um, this one now there it's it's not really the same thing, but it's kind of similar. In the sense that everybody knows what rickshaws are. Yep. Well, now Japan has discovered how sexy rickshaw men are. What? Because most, if you didn't know this, rickshaw drivers are usually aspiring athletes because it's a great training mechanism for upper body strength. You're running, so it works out the legs. I would agree. It's like a rickshaw driver is like a super built dude. They're mostly only found in rural parts of Japan where there's a lot of history and they're tourist attractions. So like a so if tourists were there, they could sit in a rickshaw and be taken around, maybe learn a couple things. But it's usually only used as like a hey, this is a classic style of Japan. Only almost in the same way where up in New England and Massachusetts we have um, we have colonial villages where people dress up in colonial time stuff and they do that those sorts of things. I think cities still have rickshaws as kind of like a mode of transportation, but I'm not 100% sure. They're, they have them for special events. Like, if you have, like, a wedding or a honeymoon, yeah. then they can have a rickshaw tote you around. But I think it's, like, a motorized rickshaw. Like, you don't actually have a real person pulling it. Yeah. Like, there's, so, there's somebody pulling it, but it's not really... Gotcha. Yeah. Anyways, the this rickshaw thing has totally caught, in, caught wind in Japan. Or they, they realized it, you know, they realized its potential. So now we have a photo book coming out of the rickshaw drivers of Japan. No. <laughs> yes. A photo book called Rickshaw Boys. Or it's it's not that, but like that's the American translation that's of it. Yeah, so if you if you want sexy rickshaw men, there's a photo book coming out for it. Wow. And that was Japan's fetish of the week. <laughs> So, um, oh, hey, I got a toy shelf. You got a toy shelf? I do. You I have a toy, toy shelf. shelf. Finally. There was, there was this one thing in that I saw. I'll put the link in the description for it. It's a promotion for the new Godzilla movie that's coming out, Shin Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And it's available only at 7-Eleven oh. for 4,000 yen. It's a seven-inch tall figure of a Mecha Godzilla painted in Evangelion Unit 001 colors. What? So if you ever wanted an Evangelion and uh, crossover with with Godzilla, yes, I do. You can find this at 7-Eleven in Japan. We're looking at you, Big Bad Shadow Man. Yeah, for four thousand yen, which is like 
$36. So that was my highlight for the toy shelf. I saw that. I'll put a link in the description. So how about we statistics? Ooh. We're going through this a little quick, I feel. Well, we do have a lot of information. This one isn't really a uh, a numbers-based one, but it's surveys. Okay. It's it, uh, people who have been surveyed. There was this YouTube channel that put out a while ago. I think I posted it on our page. I'm not 100% sure, though. People walking around. I did I did post it on our page because I couldn't watch it the whole way through the first time because it was so cringeworthy. It's cringeworthy to us, apparently. Oh, are you talking about the user channel? Uh, possibly. The one, the video where the guy walked around Japan and interviewed Japanese people showing them American weeaboos. <laughs> oh, no, I saw the whole thing. I watched the whole thing. I watched right. the whole thing, too, eventually. Anyways, he walked around Japan and showed Japanese people American weeaboos and what they do in their culture. Super cringeworthy to us. Evan, what do you think the reaction of the Japanese people was? I'm pretty sure they're like, hey, they like our stuff. I'm okay with that. Yes, it was. Surprisingly, they were like, I'm very honored that Japanese culture is being reached out overseas and people are so passionate yeah, about it. Yeah, seeing it in a positive light. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they said they're not hurting anybody. They're not doing anything wrong. What's the harm in it? Like, that was the whole thing of it. And I was very surprised because here in America, people see, see weeaboos and they're like, oh, weeaboos. But it's the same thing when Japanese people see otakus. Yeah. Like, Japanese Japanese otakus are like American weeaboos. That's true. Yeah. And the thing is, is um, you have to think about, well, what if, like, a different culture was like, woo, America, I love hamburgers. Like, and you, you, you're kind of flattered by it. <laughs> like even though people would be like what the hell is wrong with you yeah. um like you we'd be like that's so cool that foreign guy likes us yeah well i'm actually quite taken by you know people who strive to get their citizenship here you know like i i always like like seeing that because it's like that's cool. hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, you want to actually be a part of the American culture, and you come from this different culture. We can learn stuff from you. Yeah, um... I kind of took a moment when watching that video and saw it from their perspective because of that. I was like, well, yeah. think about like a Japanese person who's just like, I freaking love America. Like America is the coolest thing ever. Cause that's what they were talking about in the video as well is when a Japanese person goes over to America, then comes back to Japan. They're very different. Uh, and instead of calling that weeaboo, they call that Americanized, which is boring and simple, but that's what they call it. Interesting. Um, so there are Americanized Japanese people living in Japan. Yeah. And that's usually after they come back from a party. Technically, isn't that a weeaboo, though? Because, like, like our def- definition of weeaboo is somebody who denounces their own culture to live somebody else's. 
Right. Or no, uh, says that somebody else's culture is superior. Superior. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool. I, I thought that, you know, well, hey, at least at least the weeaboos of America won't be shunned by the Japanese people. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to them being shunned by American people for being quote unquote weird. It reminds me of like what happened last year with the whole kimono incident at the Museum of Fine Arts. Yes. I think I know what you're talking about. What, what was that? Um, apparently there was some like Asian organization that were upset that basically non-Asians were wearing kimonos at this special exhibit at the Museum of Fine Arts. But then when they were showcasing like this whole thing in Japan, showing it to people, the Japanese people were like, we don't care. We're happy that they're wearing our kimonos. That's awesome. Yeah, and, I didn't know about that. Yeah, and the, the odd thing was that none of the people that were complaining or trying to protest it were even Japanese at all. Ah, of course. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Welcome to the world. Welcome to butthurt America. Yep. Welcome to the NHK. <laughs> <laughs> and I say it's time to move on to what we're watching. Yeah. Let's do it. Right. I'm watching something. After after our last two episodes where we pretty much talked about everything that has come out this season because we've been watching it all, I'm, I've also came across something else that I've been watching. Oh, yeah? Bunko Stray Dogs. Yeah. This is the other series that has been done by Bones this season, and it's really good. It's about this superpowered detective agency that solves crimes that the government won't take care of. And it's like this really dark, serious show. Like, all the characters are really dark and grim. But they they don't take it seriously at all. They put this unserious twist where, like, ah, you're being dark and brooding right now. And there's, like, a whole bunch of... It, the um, the Super D moments really remind me of Full Metal Alchemist. Okay. Because, like, they do this really... It is a Bones anime. Yeah, they do this 2D sprite... Or not sprite, 2D cell shade thing that... Um, it, it It's like Full Metal Alchemist Super D the whole time. And it's it, bring, it brings this really light-hearted moment to all this dark stuff that's going on. Because the anime is dark through and through, which is funny because it's funny. And it's such an interesting concept. Like, the first guy that you meet in the series, he was kicked out of an orphanage... And you don't know why in the first episode, and then you find out at the end. But he was about to steal from somebody, and then he ends up he ends up saving somebody's life instead because he's drowning in a river. It, it, and then you meet his partner, like the guy who's drowning in the river. He's a suicidal guy, but he also works for this agency, but he's trying to kill himself the whole time. And then his partner who comes to get him afterwards is this guy who has his life written down in a notebook so meticulously to the T that if you if you change it even a little bit, he freaks out. <laughs> it's really interesting. Super dynamic characters. I don't... Bunko Stray Dogs. It's on Crunchyroll. I highly recommend it. I just it. can't add another show to my list. <laughs> I want... Let this me is... go to my Crunchyroll and put it on my queue. <laughs> See, like, I'm watching so much crap right now, and I haven't even finished stuff from, like, four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank still... God, it's only got, like, five episodes so far. You made it sound like there's a long series already. I just... Nope, started this season. Good, I still okay. have... I still, I'm still only on episode seven of Love Live. I, <laughs> like, I can't, I haven't even finished that yet. Now, like, everybody in our group and our world is just like Love Live, woo! Um, which will probably come up in our conversation. I, I've been watching two things. Uh, one of them is a new season thing that I did, never had an opinion on before because I didn't watch it yet, which is Kiss Niver. Oh yeah, I finally caught up on Kiss Niver, 
And where you said, eh, the first episode was okay. I was like, wow, that first episode was awesome. Yeah. And, uh, well, it was just different at the time. See, I, didn't, I wasn't expecting what Kiznaiver was going to do. And that's the thing. This is a trigger show. It's another original property trigger show. And Trigger really is the best. Yeah, they like, they know what they know what they're doing, and they pander to such a, a good audience, a wide audience, yeah, a wide yeah. audience, and a smart audience. And uh, and you know, this one isn't like Kill a Kill. It's not like there's environments that are confusing and you don't know where you are. Like there's actual laid out maps and environments and places that they go, and uh, it's really cool. Like you have a sense of, an idea of where they are. There's not an gratuitous amount of action or where they're going or and any at all like yeah like flashiness it's about it's a character driven show like you care about the characters you care about what they like you care about who they like you care about their relationships with one another and which how... is great by the way their relationships with one another how they be all become friends in that twisted sort of way well and also how they're all kind of like a couple of them are falling in love with one another which is interesting too because you never really expect that from trigger like trigger's not like a i'm gonna fall in love with another character kind of studio yeah Except, I mean, Gamagori and, and Mako was kind of funny. Um, but that was just kind of like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, they had that idea, but it wasn't like that's what it was about. Well, that's what this is about. Like, this is an anime by Trigger where characters are actually falling in love with each other, and that's a, that's a plot point. I thought it was going to be a superhero show when I first started watching yeah. That's why the first episode threw me off so much. No, it's so good. I, I love everything about, and I love the characters. And it, yep. it, as a character-based show, I love the characters, so that's a good thing. Yeah, it's perfect. So, um uh, another thing I've been watching, though, is I finally went back, and I finally started watching Bakemonogatari. Or not just Bakemonogatari, but the Monogatari series. Uh -huh. It's that weird shaft animation where, you know, it's very art house and very, like, flashing text at you for no reason. You don't have to read it. You just, it just adds to the craziness of the art house, uh, like, art housey. It just does it because shaft. And I really, really like it. I really like Bakemonogatari. I'm really going to watch it more. There's a lot of fan service in it in a certain way. Like, there's fan service, but it's not supposed to be fan service-y, I guess. Mm. Um, I mean, there's cat girls and, you know, and a lot of uh, bras and panties and, and stuff. But it's it's weird because it's art housey. So you're not like, this is... There's a lot of sex talk in it, too. It's very sexual anime um, as, like, you know, a lot of virgin shaming and a lot of, like, oh, this character's, like like a slutty or something like that it's weird it's really weird it's like watching a, a fever dream but like i but i understand what's going on it's not like a fever dream where it's just like that was madoka magica the, the third movie um it was like <laughs> it was a fever dream as in but you still have a coherent world that they live in and you understand the story um i am really enjoying it so far um, I just kind of have to see where it's going and it, it might go to a place where I don't like it, but so far I like all the characters so far. I like the, de like the character designs. I like the choices that they're making. It's good. Has there been teeth brushing yet? There, I did not get to the teeth brushing scene yet. I, cause the, his sisters have been introduced, but he hasn't interacted with his sisters yet. Okay. So, so I haven't gotten to the orgasmic teeth brushing scene yet. <laughs> uh, Evan, what have you been watching? Oh, God. I had to pull up my Crunchyroll queue to list some of the stuff, but we've probably already talked. We've talked. talked to, we've talked about most of them to death. So pick a couple. All right. So I've actually been going back to one show that it start. It first aired back in 2013, I want to say, but then they just had a recent second season last summer. And it's a show called Non Non Biori. And the reason why okay. I started watching this show is because someone brought 
brought up. I, I well, first off, I've been seeing a lot of like pictures and <laughs> a lot of memes based on Nan Nan Biori. And second, um, when talking to some people about the show Flying Witch, Nan Nan Biori came up as saying, "Oh, oh, it's kind of the tone is kind of similar to this one." So, Nan Nan Biori, it's it's based off of a manga series by Otto, and it has this focus on a group of students. And they, they're they in different grades, but because they're the only kids that live in the village, they share this one classroom. So you got the first grader, the fifth grader, the seventh, eighth, and ninth grader, and they're all together just learning together in the exact same classroom. They have their own separate like textbooks and everything, so that's how they managed to work around that. But it's just basically a slice-of-life series about their... What, what goes on with them in their daily lives. Right. And what I like about the show is it's it's nice and calm, but it's still very funny and entertaining. Entertaining. I find that Nan Nan Biori is a show that it's a good series to watch when, like, you you need to go to bed, but you're feeling a little restless. So it, it's a good show to watch to help you relax. Right. I'm not. It's. I'm. And what I mean by relax is it actually it makes you feel good and makes you feel ready for bed. It doesn't make you feel sleepy because it's boring because it's not boring. It's. It's legitimately. It, it is very entertaining and I'm actually surprised it took me this long to finally actually sit down and check it out. Yeah, I'll probably have to check it out too. I I actually did watch the first episode and it was funny. But it actually didn't hold my interest as much as I thought it was going to. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter Payne of J-List always, always promotes it because he, he loves it, too. Yeah. Um, I like Flying Witch better, of course. Mm, and I could kind of understand that. And the other show that I've been watching, um, I'm pretty sure you... I don't know if any of you have been talking about it. So there's this new anime, and I'm, I'm sure some people have seen the Peter Payne posts about it, considering that there's an episode near the end where they start washing their motorcycles with their bodies. <laughs> and of course, people are going, oh, he's talking about Bakuan. He's talking about Bakuan. <laughs> so Bakuan is basically a Moe motorcycle series. When I first started watching it, it really wasn't getting my interest. Me it takes a, It takes about two or three episodes before things really start getting interesting when when the main character gets her motorcycle license like that's when the show starts getting really good because they're starting to do like road trips and they're like i want to say it's like a a modified easy rider if that that's like the best way for me to describe it and i like the fact that there is basically a female equivalent of the stig and if you don't know who the Stig is, <laughs> shame on you. And for those of you who don't know who the Stig is, it's uh, from Top Gear. And he's a, he's a, he's like the silent silent hero protagonist who drives amazing. And I forget her name, but I just call her female Stig on the show. But Bakuan <laughs> is is very I like it. It's entertaining. And yes, it got really fan servicey in the last episode, which was episode five. But it wasn't episode enough to make five. me turn okay, right, turn it off. And is that what we're watching? That's what we're watching. Well, I guess then, that is what I, we're watching. I say that we should move on to our Tapagachi for today, which 
I'd say that uh, let's talk about some annoying anime characters. This one is is uh, Evan's suggestion. Yeah, yeah. Evan, Evan brought brought this topic to us, which was annoying anime characters, and everybody knows that there are annoying anime characters, anime characters that you can't or can't stand. Yeah, there's like the classics such as XL from XL Saga. Most people say I don't think she's annoying, but I think that's like the American version of her. I, no, I no, no, it's that's how she is, and yeah. it's just that's the character, and I, I actually don't find her annoying because that's her character, right? Um, uh, well, Evan was the, uh, was the person who brought up this topic. Evan, would you do the honors of kicking us off? Who's your most annoying anime character? Okay, so, <laughs> this, this character has been, like, annoying me for the last few years. Like, cause I, cause I, they always post, like, the recent scans of the manga version of this series on Senkaku Complex. And every time that, when you read, when you look at the pictures, this guy just, never changes his attitude towards a specific thing. And I'm talking about the character of Rito from To Love Roo. Oh man, To Love Roo is like plastered over Tumblr and Sangaku Complex. It I is. haven't been on Sangaku Complex in forever. But the reason why this character annoys me is the fact that, okay, so he's he's seen most he's he's basically seen all these characters, like all the female characters to be blunt, completely naked for like hundreds of chapters in. Yeah. You would think that by this time, he would just be friggin' numb to the whole thing. <laughs> but every time like hey, oh, he sees a boob again. or some other part, it's him going, oh! 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 Oh, that's terrible! Oh! I'm so sorry! Oh! I was like... <laughs> You've seen her naked 26 times. Five times in a row in the past issues. Shut up. <laughs> get get over it. Take a drawing class. Yeah, well, even still, like... Could you yeah. imagine if they if they made uh, a uh, series, an anime series, about an artist who, like, goes to a figure drawing class and the character takes off all their... Or the figure drawer takes off all their clothes and then, like, they go... Ah! And like everybody's having shooting no, blood everywhere, have with nosebleeds. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean because eventually, like, you'd just be like, "Oh, not again!" Like, are you just yeah. like, oh, yeah. again? Oh my gosh! Why does this keep happening? Well, you know that's funny because as much as I love all of his series, I feel that way sometimes about Ken Akamatsu's characters, where mm. it's like, "Oh, the girl punches him again." Yeah. You know? <laughs> It gets to that point sometimes. I love his series. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes you're like, ah, oh, you get punched again. Ah, yeah. oh, she's, she, you know how she feels, but she's not telling him. Ugh. Yeah. Well, that's that's actually the case for most. Harems. It's exhausting. Yes. Yeah, it's like just say that you like him or say that you like her. You Stop know, like, being that... such a goddamn tsundere. <laughs> um. Yeah. I've got um I've got an annoying anime character. I've got plenty. Oh yeah, I got I know you got plenty, but um I've got an annoying anime character that's pretty universal. Yeah. That everybody hates. Um and it's uh you know from from Miraniki. Really? Mine was Yuki from Miraniki. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Actually, well, but there's a reason why that anime was trash and yeah. it's it's mostly because of the characters. Yeah, uh everybody, um Miraniki sucks. <laughs> just in case just in case you didn't know we don't like Miraniki over here because the anime sucks. And for those um, of you who don't know what Miraniki is, it's known over here as Future Diary. Yeah. yeah. Um. And and anybody who likes that anime legitimately, shame on you. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> There's a lot of people who are going to be angry about you saying that. Yeah. Well, but we know that we actually have like solid a solid fan base that like lets us know that they do not like that. So we we know who they are at least. And we know that <laughs> yeah. They they will at least agree with us. Um. But yeah, you you know, is just I mean, just watch the you, you know yeah you like, Yuki 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 <laughs> like I mean the whole the whole yandere stalker thing gets old and um it was creepy in the beginning it was really creepy it was creepy in the beginning um minus like the whole bitch factor of of yuki well oh Um, my gosh i cannot stand yeah he's but that he his personality translates to a bunch of shonen yeah and the thing that i hate about yuno besides her moral structure (laughs) and her insanity she's just a bad character i don't know how to explain it she's an annoying character it's annoying it's annoying stop stop doting over yuki like don't be a st- stop being a stalker it's just, like stalking is that's not the okay. point of a yandere though it is a point of yandere but it's just it didn't work i think the i think the problem is is i hate that whole anime yeah, yeah. so like the the fact that she the fact that she exists in this whole anime is annoying mm-hmm. um because you yuki you, I agree. Yuki is another annoying character. Maybe if they stuff. did... Alright, so maybe what if they did, like, a series, more of a comedy, where it's a guy who somehow becomes a magnet to Yandere characters. Like, he's like, seven or eight Yandere characters going going towards him at the same time. Yeah, that would be funny. That would be and, really funny. And the, and the plot of the anime is that he has to keep all of the Yandere's away from each other so they don't all kill each other. See, okay, <laughs> so, like... Oh, that's a great series. So, because the thing Let's is... Let's get working on is, it right now. Yes. I think another thing that annoys me, not about Yuki, but or Yuno and Yuki, but the uh, the anime Miraniki, is we when I'll, whenever we post like a poll somewhere, just being like, what's the most hardcore anime you've ever seen? Everybody's just like, oh, Miraniki is the most hardcore anime I've ever seen. Mm, Miraniki is the most hardcore anime I've ever seen. And it's just like, what have you seen... That Miraniki is the most hardcore anime you've ever seen. It's not even bloody and gory. Yeah. Like, do you even know what the word, like, violent, mature anime is? Like, as baby stuff. Miraniki, uh, yeah, Miraniki is like a teen, is like a teen drama trying to be hardcore. I feel like you're going to need to clockwork orange a bunch of your listeners to watch Apocalypse Zero. (laughs) (laughs) Just, just, just force their eyelids open, put it on, and run out the store. I mean, everybody knows by now that we, I mean, yeah, it, it bugs me that, you know, people think that that's hardcore, but yeah, that, that is my, that is my answer or that is one of my answers. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's because we, we both mutually agreed on the Miraniki one. I'll go with my other one, which is a bit more far-fetched and I don't understand why, why people have her as their waifu. I'm just going to go out and say it. And, uh, Nico from Love Live. I knew you, yeah, I knew you were going to say it. That's why I said it would be, it would definitely come up in our conversation. Yeah. We were actually discussing this last night at the concert because uh, yeah. we went to the concert with a bunch of our friends from Manga Gamer. Yeah. And, uh. My Love and, Life waifu is trash, apparently. Yes, Nico is trash. Yeah. Get out of here with that. Wait, Evan, your Love Live waifu is Nico? She was actually the one I liked the most out of the show, to be honest with you. Uh, besides Honoka, because Honoka is, like, outside of Honoka, because I feel like Honoka is, like, the center of Love Live. Without Love Live, without Honoka, there is no Love Life. But seconding Honoka is is Nico. 
Interesting. Yeah, well, because my, my favorite Love Live character is Rin. I love Rin. I've never... The reason why I find her so annoying is because I've never seen such a narcissistic character in her sense. You know, like, you haven't seen some of the stuff that she does later on in the series, but it's like half half touching, half narcissistic, but I don't know. I just never got on board with her. Yes, well, some of the things where she, like, turns into her idol character on a dime and then goes right back to being her horrible, awful self is is funny at times. But, man, is she annoying. <laughs> well, and the thing is, too, is... Well, and that's what I was saying. It was just... It's just funny because with Love Live, there's so many people that like specific characters and for, for, specific, re- for specific reasons... And uh, and one of our friends that we were at the concert with, like that's his favorite is Nico. Like he he loves Nico as a character. Yeah, I don't know, and I I don't mind Nico. Like I think I I from what I've seen of Love Life so far, I still have to finish it. Is I do not mind her. I don't think she's that annoying. I just I kind of enjoy her character and how nasty she is. Then you if you if you like her from the beginning, then you, you'll most likely you'll like her throughout the whole thing. I I say that you're probably gonna stick to that because uh, I didn't like her from the beginning. So, she was she was annoying to me. Uh, going back to the whole, you mentioned the shonen character thing. As a broad perspective, I kind of talked about this when we were talking about My Hero Academia. We already, we talked about this a lot of times. The, Did we? The we, the um, character that needs to grow a backbone. Yeah, the one who is always crying, like who is not Kenshiro, like who's a shonen character but is not Kenshiro or JoJo. But the other thing is too, they don't exactly have to be Kenshiro either. No, no, and that's what I'm saying. Like that's my example is just like you know, because because the thing is, is I always go back to Food Wars and Soma. Like Soma as a main character for a shonen anime, I love, 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 love Soma as a yeah. main character. But then you have because characters... he's confident in what he does, but yeah. he has the potential to lose. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about see that's the cliche thing about about shonen animes is that everybody has the potential to lose mm-hmm. in 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 what they're fighting for and that's a good thing but the difference between a character like so Izuku <laughs> from My Hero Academia um the difference between him and Soma is they're both fighting for something they really want and they both have the potential to lose but um Izuku cries about it but yeah. Soma is like, I'm going to take this challenge head on and fight for it. Yeah. And listen, I, 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 I was harsh on it uh, last time. There's nothing wrong with being scared. Like, like, but, uh, but, um, because you know what most military people say that you're, you're crazy if you're not scared. Like they tell their soldiers going into battle, it's okay to be scared. It's okay to even cry sometimes. Like. Like early, like later on in My Hero Academia, and in, in in the later episodes, for people who haven't seen, it, I'm not going to spoil it for you. There's a time where he cries, where Izuku cries, where it's like, yes, he deserves to cry at that given moment. But because he cried 15 times before that, not it, even like maybe 50. Yeah, it it, <laughs> uh, it changes the emotion yeah. of how powerful that crying moment is. Because if he didn't cry all those other times, it would have been way more powerful to see him cry at this moment. Yeah. Right, but he so cries all the time. He cries all the time throughout so the hit. series. <laughs> Kenshiro, see, because Kenshiro does cry. He Kenshiro, just, Kenshiro cries. He just doesn't close his eyes. And that's <laughs> yeah. how, that's how he, <laughs> man, man tears. Yeah. So um, It's a rage that, cry from Kenshiro. He, he cries yeah. with rage. <laughs> he cries for justice. Yeah. Um, but that's the, the thing that I want to bring up that kind of annoys me, is that why is it there's this thing that 
all sh- or most shonen characters are scared because they even do it in and I love this series Eureka 7 Renton from Eureka 7 like he you know he's a wimpy character too and he's scared but like yeah he's a little kid you know thrown into this adult situation like a situation that he can't handle um or he shouldn't be able to handle he has something to lose and he's freaked out about it like I wonder why they they always choose to go with the scared aspect of it. I don't it. know because Shinji because of Shinji. Yeah, from <laughs> because of Shinji, also an annoying character. <laughs> He's not that annoying. He's not. Th- I, I'm I'm willing to watch Evangelion all the time, but Shinji grow a backbone. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I don't know when the when the fate of the world is in the hang of the, is in the balance. You might be a little off put by that. Yeah, that's true. Mm. But if you gotta do it, you gotta do Cause, it. Because Shinji is also cannon fodder. Like he, he's he's cannon fodder, but the main character. Like they they're literally like putting him in a robot and throwing his like meat body back. Yeah, but like... he's but he's not cannon fodder though because he has to survive. If he <laughs> if he doesn't survive, cannon fodder yeah. means that if you if you die, it doesn't matter. Well, it kind of seems Shinji like Shinji dies, it matters. Well, it kind of seems like his dad because they have that whole school of of kids, like the school. That Shinji goes to are all potential pilots. That's true. So, so if Shinji dies, then they replace him with a new pilot. Yep. At, uh, from the school, and his dad doesn't really care about him. I mean, yeah, he's got he's got family issues and stuff like that. So I'm I'm not saying <laughs> that things that are wrong in your life are bad. If you have family issues, you're annoying. That's yeah, just, no, that's what we're saying. I'm not saying that. I'm, no, I'm not saying that. Um, we have family issues. <laughs> Everybody does. Everybody does. Anyway. Moving on, we we've covered the shonen character. Do you have another character, Evan? Well, I wouldn't say um, um actual character per se, but I get so annoyed by fem- um certain female characters who have that sort of like laugh, and you and I'm gonna like do the laugh right now, so you know exactly what I'm talking. I think about. I know what you're. Yeah, gonna, I think no, I know what. No, it wait, is we, uh, well, I'll do it at once. On the count of three, right. We'll do the laugh that I think you're talking about. Right. One. Two, three. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Okay. I know what you're talking about. I I, I think I, that I have annoys like a the piss out of me every time about. I hear it. I can't believe we all just did that. Like that was amazing. That was the best. Whatever any character who does that laugh, I'm sorry, but you just deserve a slap in the face. I think it's funny when Corinne from Street Fighter does it. Yes, uh, see Corinne from Street Fighter. They they the thing that helps her out when she does it is it's really well animated and the timing and the pacing and uh, and the camera movements make it so dynamic. It's great. Like it's so cool when she does it because you can you're like yes, like this is how it works. Especially in their in her trailer, like when they release Corinne, the Corinne Street Fighter trailer. And like yeah. they, uh, the trailer ends with her doing her special move, and she does a laugh, and then it's just like Street Fighter. Yeah. You're like, ah, that's that's great. That um, might be the exception to the rule. Well, when it's when it's done correctly, yes, yes. absolutely, <laughs> and, and done sparingly, very yeah. very um, sparingly. <laughs> very very. <laughs> Why are old men perverts? That annoys me. Every time you see an old man in an anime, every time you see an old man in it's an anime, true. he's a pervert. Um, oh, oh, I tripped and fell, and now I'm looking up your skirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, because um, I don't know if it started with this, but it was definitely a factor. Was Haposai from um from Ranma? 
when mm. when Grandpa Hapasai uh, uh, shows up and he's the panty thief and um, mm-hmm. he he just like loves everything about young women. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's what really helps carry it on. Yeah, and that, then there's and, like uh, Dragon Ball. Grandpa from Sailor Moon as well. Really? Oh, really? oh yeah. Huh. Interesting. Um, he may be yeah, a priest, uh, but he loves them ladies. <laughs> but there's uh, nothing wrong with admiring beauty. But there's but but ogling over it like publicly and stealing their undergarments. Yeah, which that's... I don't know why I don't understand the appeal of that anyway. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. I'm um, talking about like every single one because as much as I love Ranma one half, I will say that Grandpa Hapasai is probably the most annoying. It's probably the most annoying character, and even I, though like, I kind of agree with you on that because. There's, like, the whole third volume of, like, the Rama, like, Blu-ray set, and, like, the yes. majority of it is focused on Hapusai, and you get yeah. bored of it so easily. Yeah, because, um, because season three is, like, yeah, was about him, almost, and, uh, and even though, like, when I came across an episode of Ranma, and I was like, oh, it's a Hapusai episode, I still ended up liking it. Like in the end, I was like pleasantly surprised yeah. by how much I liked it because I I just really love Ranma, but yeah, Hapusai. If if I had to gauge an annoying character from that show, the old man pervert is definitely probably the most annoying. Oh, I got one. Small breasted girls who get jealous of the big breasted girls to the point where they're like like beating the crap out of the boobs. I actually agree with that because I like small chested girls in both real life and fantasy. I hate when they get jealous of that. Because I'm just like, no, like, don't, don't be jealous. Flat is justice. Flat is justice. Flat is, Flat is justice. justice. <laughs> like, like, I, like, I'm, I like that. Like, so, like, the fact that they're like, oh, there's something wrong with me because I don't have a big chest is just like, no, like, because I like you. That's actually an interesting social, uh, social stigma, mm-hmm. which is, is about body image. Yep. You know, that is wrong. It's a body image that's yeah, wrong bo- in Japan. Yeah. In Japan, you should be ashamed of yourself for, for promoting it. <laughs> yeah, so like, cause um, I think there are some animes that do a really good job at you know, it's really weird to talk about because it's like, oh yeah, inclusion, like including flat-chested characters and things, you know, like that's just a weird thing to say, but it's true, it's one hundred percent true. Where they do a good job including flat-chested characters and they don't make fun of them and they don't, but a lot of the time it's just like, oh look at that character with big boobs, that that small-chested character. Yeah, has... clearly she's the better choice. No, no, but not <laughs> yeah, the better choice, but they're envious, you know. It's just yes. like, oh, I have. I have chest envy, yeah, and it's just like, like what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, that's not a yeah. thing. But even well, it, still, it might be a thing. But, but my my point is, from a from a character development standpoint, that's what they're getting at. It's like, oh, that character has a big chest. They have better status, and they're the better choice for the character. Yeah, for the main character, mm. which is not true. I think the only time <laughs> where I've seen that to be true is in The Devil Is a Part Timer. What what to be true? Oh, like the bigger chested girl being the better, more competitive one with the um. With the main character. I like the pairing more of Chihiro with with Mao than Emmy with Mao. Because I feel like Chihiro brings out more of the humanist, humanistic aspect of the devil character in Mao than Emmy does. That got weird at the end. That did get weird. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no. It's perfectly fine. But I say that it's time to move on to some fan service. Okay. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Um, you did, in fact, send us some fan service. We already talked about some of it, um, which is good. The, yeah, we uh, we shared some news stories. But hey, over on Twitter, which is a thing that we do, 
apparently. We uh we had a, a pretty interesting conversation with uh, one of our Wicked fans, Wicked fan Sean. Oh, that's right. He got a PS4. He did. Sean, Sean shared with us that he got a PS4 with Senron Kagura. Gotta love them tax returns. Oh my gosh. So... You have no idea how excited I am that we are actually going to be playing Senran Kagura with fans. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I like I cannot wait to play that. Everybody, everybody, say your main character. I I am maining uh, Miyabi right now. Daidoji. Daidoji. Yeah. Which um, Evan, who's your main character in um, Senran Kagura? What the one who who's running the shop in the Estival Versus? Ayame. 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 Who's actually a DLC character, but I find that she's one of the better ones to play as. You see, uh, this is uh, for my listeners who are, have been jumping back up between mine and No Borders Erased and the Boston Bash Brigade site. I have not yet been given a chance to write a review of Estival Versus because of how friggin' big of a game it is. It's huge. It's massive. It's very massive. Like, I've yeah. never seen a game with like this much like material that wasn't DLC in like a core package. Yeah. In a long cool. time. Cool. So thanks for uh, letting us know, Sean. We will see you on the battlefield for sure. I cannot wait to wait to play some Senran Kagura with you fans. We got some uh, emails. Uh, one, of course, was from Scott, Wicked Friend Scott. And uh, he says that another anime that we didn't mention is Aggressive Retsuko. Um, What's that one? Yeah, he says it's a new anime by uh, Sanrio, Hello Kitty. And it's about uh, a red panda... A- a red panda, panda accountant lady uh, who sings death metal when her uh, when her office life gets too annoying. What? Yeah, that doesn't make that. That sounds very Japanese. Yeah, it does sound <laughs> very Japanese. But that sounds like something I want to see. Like so. So thanks for sharing with that guy. I really want to check that out. Yeah. Oh, as a side note, he says I also love Sky High, and Lydia Carter is the as the principal. Um, he was mentioning that because that's how I described my hero academia was like the movie sky high with Kurt Russell. And uh, I'm glad I'm not the only one who thought that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, no, I seriously, seriously love sky high. It's like, it's a great movie. I don't care if it's for kids. It's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Plus it has, uh, the main character. He's, he's in a lot of awesome movies. I forget his name. It's Michael Anta something. Yeah. It's really hard, but he's not in a lot of movies, but he should be in more movies. Yeah, he was in Gentleman Broncos and The Nick. Yeah, The Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. And then next we have an email from uh, Wicked Fan Alex. He says, hey, it's Fenrir Gochad, a.k.a. Alex. Um, I've listened to your guys' podcast, uh, most, most recent episode, and wanted to talk about uh, the Phoenix Wright anime with you guys. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Um People, people uh, want to bring me up to speed because I've been watching Phoenix Wright and I think I'm going to drop it from this season because I'm watching too much and only half of Phoenix Wright is what I'm really liking. So I, I got to drop it, I think, uh, just just for time's sake and my, my sanity's sake of trying to keep up with so many shows. So Alex says, uh, the court cases so far seem to follow the story in the games exactly. The same pieces, uh, the same pieces of evidence, the increasing complexity in the cases, and the cases themselves. Uh, as of writing this, the newest case is the Steel Samurai case, and I would put my money in the case, uh, in that the case after that is where Edgeworth gets accused of murder. Uh, I am personally hoping that they continue through the game stories. Oh, and then once they finish with those that they create an original story case, which would be really a, a good idea. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, it would yeah be cool. so uh, 
It would be cool, but I, I'm kind of interested because it's like, well, so this is for people who have already played the game for one thing. Yep. But if you haven't played the game and you watch the anime, then there's no point in playing the game. Right, because then you can kind of solve the cases yourselves. Although I think personally, it's like an animated guidebook. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't know how to get past this mission. Watch the anime, and then, oh, okay, that's cool. You know, okay. Additionally, uh, for the people who have played the games, Crunchyroll has actually added a special English subtitle track that uses the names from the English game. Really? That is cool. So That's cool. So even with some of the westernization that is included in the games, you can find it by right-clicking on the video on Crunchyroll and selecting Engli uh, the English US alt track uh, for those who prefer Phoenix Wright over uh, Naruhodo-san. Mm -hmm. uh, Naruhodo. And enjoy the English pun-based whimsical names of the characters uh, like Frank Sawhit in the first episode, uh, April May, uh, Red White, uh, of the blue of form. the blue corporation etc that is like so interesting that's funny <laughs> like, i can't believe they put the extra time and effort into that like alex you have just kind of added a piece of news to uh, to the day yeah that's a super cool easter egg yeah it really is uh and crunchyroll needs to make light of that even more so that's really cool uh in short the anime has little new to uh, uh to offer for people who play the game yeah who play the games uh, it's more of a labor of love uh, uh, for the fans, uh, and in a way, introduce people who haven't played the game to the series. Lovingly yours, Alex, anime fan and and, uh, and nerdy show EP. How can you become an executive producer on Nerdy Show? Hey, do you guys want to become an executive producer on Nerdy Show? You can go to the Patreon page and donate some money. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Nerdy Show has a Patreon. Totally back you. You can make business cards about it, and you can put uh, IMDB and stuff like that, I think. No, I don't probably know. not. So uh, that's Patreon. You can find uh, just look up the Nerdy Show, Nerdy Show Patreon. Uh, donate whatever you can, and uh, any little bit helps our network grow even bigger, so we can continue making uh, great nerdy content for you guys. Because we are a listener-funded podcast network. Yep. You can also, if you guys want to join in on this conversation, and you have annoying anime characters, which we know you do, uh, you better be emailing does. us those. Yep. Um, yes. You can email us at wickedanimereviews at gmail.com. That's wickedanimereviews, all one word, at gmail.com. You can also find us at facebook.com slash wickedanime, where we ha share news articles, funny things we find around the internet, and you guys can talk to us there, message us, anything you want. You can also find us at nerdyshow.com slash wickedanime, where you're listening to this podcast right now, if you're not listening to uh, our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Or Audio Boom or Google Play. That's right. Google Play, really? Yeah, wow. we're on Google Play now. All right. We've made it. And that is soundcloud.com slash wickedanime and iTunes. You can just search up Wicked Anime Podcast or the Nerdy Show Network Yep, as Subscribe a whole. to that and you can get all the podcasts, which are all great. And remember, if you are from a different country and you've written a review for us on iTunes... Send us a link to it. Send us a link because we will not see it. And we want to know what you guys say and, and review for us on iTunes. Or just send us, a, like, copy and paste it and send it to us in an email. And remember, the more reviews and, and five stars that we get on iTunes, the more prominent we, we will be in searches and on iTunes in general as far as podcasts go. More info on that on nerdyshow.com slash spread the word. Spread the word. I'll put that in the description again. 
And of course, if you guys want to join us on other things on the internet, you can find our videos on nerdyshow.com. If you're not watching our videos on youtube.com slash wicked anime reviews, give us them subscribes, which we were talking about. You can see the highlight reel from Center on Conquer when Jonathan played it a couple weeks ago. Yep. Oh my gosh, it's going to be so crazy. <laughs> like, Evan. Yeah, with Evan. And uh, hey, there might be another highlight video when we all play together with our fans and maybe even Overwatch today. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to make it one for Overwatch. Yeah. Overwatch is so much fun. I just have crazy fun. Overwatch it. actually gives you your own highlights. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. Oh, this game is so cool. <laughs> I, I, that, I'm going to probably talk about it like while we're streaming. Yeah. So it's it. just know that Overwatch is very well worth what you pay for it. There's so many cool features in it. I'm 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 not bored of it at all. It's better than Battleborn. It's better than TF2 maybe. Really? Uh, better than Team Fortress 2. That's youtube.com slash wicked anime reviews for all your wicked anime video needs. And hey, do you want to join us on the internet for other fun stuff? Well, you can find us at Tumblr, where we tumble tumble things. That's wickedanime.tumblr.com. You can find us at Twitter, which we did some we read some tweets or a tweet. From a fan, I love Twitter. Like, every time I get a Twitter notification, I always love reading it, and I always get distracted at work, because I always do this huge conversation. Yeah. Uh, and I shouldn't do that, and my phone dies. That's, uh, at Yo Wicked Anime. Tweet at us, at Yo Wicked Anime. Put all them hashtags in. And if you guys want to find us at Twitch, we're twitch.com slash play. All one word. Wicked play. Yeah, and if you ever miss... If you ever miss a stream, I always export they, it to YouTube. But they always backlog as well. Yep. Like, uh, so on Twitch for like two weeks after we do it, they backlog and you can watch the entire stream or you can just wait for the highlight reel to come out on Wicked Anim Anime. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, on our YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah. If we find that it's worth it to make one. Well, yeah, because I make a, a highlight reel and then I usually take the exported thing as unlisted and I'll post the full three hours to the the uh, description of the highlight reel it's just lower quality yeah it is much lower quality for some reason it's probably because it's such a huge video but uh that's all we have so evan please share where you you're coming from all right <clears throat> so for the recent news reviews podcast episodes and videos featuring members of the boston bastard brigade you can find us at www.b3crew.com if you have any questions comments if you're in a band and want to be featured on the show or if you have any questions for our friend sawa sensei for her nazo nazo nyango segment you can write to us at the bastards at boston you can find me on tumblr at b3crew.tumblr.com on twitter at king underscore baby underscore duck on anime amino at king baby duck esh and on twitch at twitch.tv slash inc like us on facebook.com slash boston bash brigade and on facebook.com slash land of ash and don't forget about all the other sites under the land of ash including the electric sisterhood phil's recap and review nerd crave smashed rook and the structure network that is all we have for you guys on this episode 88 of the wicked anime podcast we will catch you the next time and remember to keep watching anime it's anime because anime is what we do on the show, and if you're not, if you're not, then you don't know what we're talking about. Where did that come from? I don't know, because I, I was, I don't know. For some reason, Kabanri and the Iron Fortress popped in my head, and I was just like, "Hey, they gotta watch that." And so I was like, "Keep watching anime." Okay, bye. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>
Dog happy. This is the awkward silent song. Grass is when everybody's quiet along. Scooby doo bop beep doo doo bop doo doo doo. Oh, there's the panty game. Oh yeah. Wicked A. Thanks for listening to the Wicked Anime Podcast, presented by Nerdy Show. If you like what you heard, please rate and review on iTunes, or like and follow us on SoundCloud. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network. And there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com backslash nerdy show. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this and other nerdy show programming, visit nerdyshow.com backslash sponsorships. You can subscribe to the Wicked Anime Podcast via iTunes and SoundCloud. Leave a comment, like, and share, and follow Nerdy Show and Wicked Anime on all your favorite social networks. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.